We acknowledge and respect the first humans of the unceded land we call San Francisco, the Ramaytoshaloni. We condemn the genocide of these and other tribes across the Western Hemisphere. We honor their legacy and history, and we support rematriation and sovereignty efforts. Hello, and welcome to Storied San Francisco. I'm your host, Jeff Hunt. This episode is part three of our San Francisco Cemeteries series. Once again, we'll hand the mic over to Courtney Minnick of Here Lies a Story. Courtney will continue our city graveyards tour with Alma de Brettville Spreckles and the building of the Legion of Honor. At the end of this episode, we'll meet Katie McCall, who will talk all about the San Francisco National Cemetery located in the Presidio. Join us next week for the final podcast in this series, all about the pet cemetery in the Presidio. Here's Courtney Minnick. So the Legion of Honor uh, was built in, I want to say 1921 okay. is when they broke ground. The mm-hmm. Legion of Honor was dedicated to the dead from World War One, right? right? Right, Super atrocious, horrible, violent, bloody war. Yes. Um, also, as we went through COVID, I was thinking that was the flu pandemic that happened in Eight, 1918, 1919, something like 18, that, 19, right? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people died from that too, right? right. So it's just a lot of, there, there's a lot of um, trauma yeah. in the culture. Right. They go to build this museum here. They had an idea that there could be some remains, but I don't think anybody told them there's a whole fucking cemetery down there can right. i swear sorry i'll take of you course. Can t- okay. no, please. <laughs> trying to keep it clean but i don't think they were it seems from the accounts that they were not prepared for what they found because when they now this is the 20s they have equipment now right better equipment and they're and in there excavating and, and they're just finding bodies and bodies and bodies it's something like 1500 bodies oh on God. the first pass for the legion of honor right. so imagine you're a worker up here 19 19- 21, right? Alma Spreckles, the sugar baroness, is like, I got a story about her too. We're going to build this museum. Here you go. Break ground. We're going to put it here. It's, it's modeled on after some crazy French building. It's like so sophisticated. It's a beautiful building. It's a very nice building. Um, It's very nice. And (laughs) you start to dig in and it's just bodies, right? Skeletons. Bodies, skeletons, coffins, uh, rotted coffins probably and and honestly the other thing that i think you need to keep in mind is some of these people could have been buried like only 20 years prior right it's not that old Old. right it's like where your grandma's buried i was gonna say the families might still be here yes it's Mm -hmm. not an ancient cemetery from you know the 1500s it's only 20 years old Mm mm-hmm and so, and obviously unmarked, imagine, and no, there's no ID yeah. on these. No, yeah, no. None. And just imagine, no hope even of getting just an ID. Imagine, Nothing. like you're that guy. You maybe you just came back from World War One. Maybe you just went through this worker. flu pandemic. Yeah. And here you come across all these bodies. Yep. So what they did, according to <laughs> excuse me, boss, <laughs> boss, I gotta show you something. What they did was they just kind of pushed them over into a heap. Okay. 
Yeah, they didn't move them. They mean they moved them out of the way for the museum. They just made a, a mound. They just made a mound. It's actually, oh God, I can't believe I know these things. It was called a charnel heap. Okay. Which is charnel is bones. Yeah. Right. It's just like a heap of bones under, and they just reburied it over there. Do we know where? Uh, it's like somewhere on the site, and okay. we do. We so the reason we know this is that in the 1990s. They did another renovation on this museum where they excavated down even further to mm. build a subterranean facility down there. Okay. And they found another, shit, I want to say like another 800 bodies. Jesus right. And they also found the heaps of bones, oh right, God. that support the accounts from the 1920s. Charnel. Charnel heaps. Heap. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, in addition to another 800 or so. That are under there. I'm, as you're telling me this, I'm like looking around and <laughs> expecting fingers to just pop up. You could have pumped me so hard by putting like a like a little skeleton bone out somewhere. I would have oh, been like, oh, damn Jeff. it. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, Next look, time. they still, and they still. They're still here. They there's, still there's find be. remains when there's they do be. projects over here, right? right? Like the groundskeepers, the, there's houses over here. Yeah. Seacliff, right? Like right. Nice oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for the find, golf course yeah. purposes, they didn't have to necessarily dig mm. for something like oh. Legion of Honor yeah, and they housing. Had to you have exactly. to go down. So yeah, that makes for this, sense. it's just yeah, it's just like like you were saying, cemeteries and golf courses, right? It just looks the same. It's just grass and some kind of rolling hills here and a lawnmower, probably. Obstacles, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's it, right? Okay, that's why you would never know. But that is what what you just mentioned about the renovations at Legion of Honor. Now we're getting into the 21st century. Yes. So very recent history. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so what so, did they do with their findings? Well, so <laughs> in the 1990s, they couldn't just kick them over into the corner, right? So we I have, would hope not, but we have um we had a little more infrastructure. So the medical and, overs- and oversight. So, well, so was anyone? I mean, here's the thing about that oversight. I don't want to get in trouble with the Legion of Honor because I don't want to be slanderous. Sure. But um, they hired an archaeologist because, again, they knew they're like there could be bones here. Right. And um, they Legion of Honor was on like a pretty tight timeline. It seems like to get this renovation done, mm-hmm. and they're a nonprofit, so they have to probably answer to their board, and they're you know they're losing money and whatever. Not tops of money. And I they know. were kind of like, get it done, mm-hmm. right? There's a quote from the um, I don't, maybe it was a curator or director at the time who said, you know, it's interesting, but it's not exactly King Tut's tomb down there, right? <laughs> Which, first of all, I used to work in communications, and that's a money-ass quote. But (laughs) also, it kind of shows you the attitude. It was like, look, Legion of Honor, they have ancient history in there, right? Greek and Roman. And it's been a while since I've been in there. Classical stuff. Mm -hmm. But they weren't really interested in the local San Francisco history that was down here. And, um, And, you know, I think... Part of it is that it's poor folks buried here, mm, right? This sure is not, these are the workers. These are the people who, who built San Francisco. They're not the senators and the socialites. It's not Alma de Brettville Spreckles down there, right? Although, is can I tell my Alma story now? Yes, please. While I have you, while I'm yes, on the please. topic. So Alma had a custom tomb 
designed for her and her husband underneath the Legion of Honor. Okay. But, uh, but she, after the Legion of Honor was already built? When she built it. Okay. She had them install a custom tomb. She okay. wanted to be buried down there. I don't think she knew <laughs> that, the, that there were 1,500 poor people down there already. Right. I think she just thought it would be a good place to have to be buried. She was not buried there. Because, if you don't know that, yes. that makes sense. Yes, yes. But it's kind <laughs> the of... The less you know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what is this? Like, irony, maybe? I'm not sure. Right. It's uh, it's very... Again, once again, it's very San Francisco, isn't it? All this... And I'm, I will editorialize here. It, it speaks to how some of us, a lot of us, view other people, view individuals, view classes of people. Yeah. That all of this that we're talking about could even happen in the first place. But, yeah, for sure. The fact that no um, one was paying attention out right. here when the city said they were going to move 20,000 bodies and they just didn't. Right. No one followed up. <laughs> and it's already predating all that. It's yeah. already conquered land. Yeah, for sure. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it goes, but it's deep. It's deep so roots. Deep. Again, and you'll deep. find it goes for deep. sure. Well, actually, I don't think... and. I'm not sure actually how deep the burials are out here either. That's it goes, another thing. That goes shallow. It's kind of, they're not actually that yeah. far below. So yeah. I think that's why the remains turn up a lot of times in construction projects and things like that. Right. And again, it just makes it all the more ironic that mm -hmm. they're so close and you have no idea mm -hmm. when you're out here, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now Courtney will talk about San Francisco's big four cemeteries which were located near and around the intersection of Geary and Masonic. And, you know, the other cemetery that did a good job of moving, we haven't covered the big four cemeteries, which oh. are in the center, we're in the center of the city. But the okay. Catholic, there was a Catholic cemetery there, and the Catholic Church, for once... Did a thorough did it right. <laughs> and ethical job okay. of removing the people to Colma. You said the big four, like the big four? Yeah. The so Stanford, not Huntington, the, No, Crocker? not the robber barons. Okay. No, but close. I mean, uh, the big four, right. Uh, this is named for the big four cemeteries. So they, oh. um, I don't know if that's a term they used later, like historians use that term or right. they used it at the time. Okay. So the big four were four private cemeteries in the what is now kind of like the geographic center of the city, like mm -hmm. Western Edition. What would you call that? Nopa? I don't know. Western um, Edition. Yeah. So <laughs> um I can tell you the names because I live where you're talking about. I can tell you our <laughs> sort of What's tongue your in cheek name? Names. What's so where I live, we call it West of Target. <laughs> or, or, or Weetar for short. Weetar. <laughs> and then um, another, another. It, it also works is um, Lower Trader Joe's. Perfect. Yeah, because so, exactly. That's so, what we're talking about. Yeah. So the four cemeteries that were out there, it, it was big. It was like a massive mm -hmm. uh, amount of land. Because again, they thought this is good land this to put it. it on because we're never going to use this, this land, mm -hmm. right? Obviously, that was wrong. Um, but it was uh, Calvary Cemetery, which was the Catholic cemetery. Okay. Uh, Masonic, which was the Masons, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Illuminati. Uh, the Odd And the street Fellows. named for them right there. Yeah, there exactly. Go. The That's Odd Fellows. Masonic, yeah. The Odd Fellows Cemetery. 
So the Odd Fellows was where Rossi Park is. Yeah. You know, Arguello. Yep, I was just there this morning. Calvary was Target. Okay. That was Target. We That was Catholic. Uh, that was Catholic. Uh, Masonic was where USF is now. Lone Mountain. Mm-hmm. Lone Mountain. Okay. And then Laurel Cemetery was where Laurel Heights is. Okay. Like um, Laurel you, Village. Laurel Village. There. Yeah. Okay, I'm actually stopping there after this recording yeah. to get an avocado. So I think... <laughs> I don't know. It's all coming it's together. It's like, yeah, that that area right there where like there's like a bunch of hospitals and stuff there now. I think, yeah, right and there. like clinics and yeah, MRI that facilities was, and stuff yeah. like that. The entrance to Laurel Cemetery was, um, it might have been Laurel Hill Cemetery, I don't know, is um, where that fire museum is yeah. now. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's where the gates were. So. Okay. Yeah. So the, Near the JCC and all yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah. Mm-hmm, cemetery. Okay. So that's the big four that you referred those to are the big earlier. Four. Yeah. Okay. Laurel, Masonic, Calvary, Calvary and Oddfellows. And Oddfellows. And when, when time wise, would this have been? So this would have been um, late 1800s, I think, is when they kind of started constructing those. Okay. And in 1900. The city of San Francisco um, said, okay, no more cemeteries, mm, right? Period. you got to stop. Yeah, we're not using any more land for cemeteries. Um, and then the, what happened was just like your friend was saying, they ran out of money. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, the cemeteries were not, you know, nowadays we have perpetual care funds and things like that. They kind of plan for... Mm-hmm. In the event that the cemetery goes bankrupt or whatever, who's going to take care of this? Mm -hmm. Probably the government would step in, too. But back then, um, they kind of went into disrepair. Mm. And they just fell apart. Okay. And um, they, San Francisco wanted to use that land, Mm -hmm. right? There was a lot of pressure from the business associations, the improvement associations, um, because Mm -hmm. the conditions were so bad at the cemeteries when Mm -hmm. they went into disrepair um, that the neighbors did not want it, right? Everybody, it it, it was, they were becoming a nuisance. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, the city eventually passed a law saying, you have to move these bodies. We're eminent domaining all of this Mm -hmm. and um starting in the late 1930s they started moving the bodies to colma was it uh was the city saying specifically move them to colma or how how specific did they Mm -hmm. get okay um okay and so you know some of them so like calvary catholic right so the diocese took over they had the funds to move it and everything Mm -hmm. right so that was that one was supposed to be the best one okay uh allegedly no one got left behind because okay. they were very, um, uh, they did a good job. They paid attention. They took care they of were their conscientious. own. Conscientious. They, they were had, taking care of their own. And they had the resources to and do And they so. had the resources. Yep. Let's see. Masonic um, is a, kind of a mystery what happened there. Because okay. I would think that the Masons are like an international a organization, right? You'd think. But um, we know that a lot of people got left behind from Masonic, too. Okay. Because when they did construction projects at USF, mm-hmm. they found bodies. Yeah. So, like, quite a few bodies. Yeah. Um, I think there's, like, a dorm or something that was built, I want to say, like, in the 1960s, 1970s. And they found something like 300 bodies down there. Okay. So. But who? then, but then, uh, sorry, go back quickly mm-hmm. to Calvary, which is where... 
Target used mm-hmm. to be Sears, all that city center is what yes. they call it now. <laughs> um, but when they maybe when they were building that, they didn't find any. I don't think so. Okay. I saw that we one, know of. That we know of. I saw one picture, or maybe it was an article or something about how they found stones. So okay. like um, markers, right. because a lot of the markers they couldn't reuse that stuff. So. Right. A lot of the markers, actually, from all of those big cemeteries went into public works projects. I don't know if you know about that. Let's hear about but it. But they used, I mean, they had tons and tons of granite and marble, right? right. Really nice stone. Nice stone. So um, it went into different public works projects because nobody wanted it and they Around couldn't town. sell it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a breakwater out at Ocean Beach mm-hmm. that is like tombs. Gravestones. So sometimes when... The tide is out at the right way. You can see them. Can in, you read stuff or like like an old cemetery where they're like I you can tell it's engraved? But it is probably worn down from the ocean. Pretty worn erosion. But yeah. Out at Buena Vista Park, mm-hmm. which is in the Upper Haight, mm-hmm. the pathways through the park are lined with old gravestones, oh. and some of those you can see writing on. Oh, you can. Okay. Yeah. So they're supposed to be flipped over, but if you go walk through there. You'll see some of them have, you can see numbers and letters. Do you know much about the Columbarium? I know a little bit about the Columbarium. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so the Columbarium was originally part of the Odd Fellows Cemetery. Okay. So, you know, it's over there. And it's right across from Mm -hmm. Rossi Park, essentially. Right behind Rossi Park. And a Columbarium is a place where you store ashes. Okay. So it's kind of like a mausoleum. Um, It's indoors. And, above um, ground. Yeah, but it's all ashes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, above ground, indoors. And there are little, It's I think it's several levels, and there are little n- niches mm-hmm. where you put the ashes. And it's a beautiful building. Totally. It's like stained glass. It's, it's beautiful from the outside. It's beautiful on the inside. Um, it's really, it's an incredible, architecturally, it's beautiful. Right. Um, and then also the little niches... Um, they're really cool because people put their little flair in there, right? So Love it. you can like leave things, but also people have their niches decorated with photographs and little tchotchkes and um, it's personal. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I mean, it's kind of a cemetery. Right. Right. Well, it's um, where remains are. Yeah. And how far does the Col- Columbarium's history go back? You know, I would imagine it goes back to when the Oddfellows Cemetery does. I'm not... So late 1800s, sure. probably? I think probably, okay. yeah. It looks like they are, like, uh, expanding it. Oh. There are some grounds that have kind of um, been built up around. You should go over there and see. It looks like they're adding space, mm-hmm. like um, space to store remains okay. uh, on the grounds. So, are they open to the public? Uh, yes. Okay. You can just go in there. And I assume they're still taking remains if they're expanding it they so have, they have yeah. the space yeah they have the space <laughs> the it doesn't take that much room yeah <laughs> the developer lobby hasn't <laughs> kicked them out of san francisco yet not yet can you speak at all to presidio since we're going to be going there as well i know you said not the pet cemetery but yeah the national cemetery which i guess is run where was created by the u.s army or yeah the national cemetery um as as i understand it I think you can, it's a um, veteran cemetery, right? So it's um, owned by the federal government, operated by the federal government. Um, I went over there on Memorial Day to get pictures because, you know, they have the flags out and everything. And um, something that was interesting to me when I was over there is they don't just have the white 
kind of like military headstones. The Arlington Cemetery yeah, style. Like yeah, like they're very uniform. Right. There's a bunch of other different kind of headstones there too. Okay, and I, I guess didn't know that. you could place your own marker. Um, some people have family plots. So it would be a member served and then, you know, their, their family. wives or children are buried there with them. For me, like, I, I haven't been in that cemetery. I've only really driven by. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all, I'm always like, oh, it looks like the one in, in D.C. Yeah, because they're or very... the, there's like a, there's some down like San Bruno. Yeah, San Bruno off the 280. You can, uh-huh. And Colma. I'm always like, oh, the U.S. has a way of doing yeah. graveyards they, for their they military. They surely do, and it's just like the military, right? Everything is uniform. Everybody gets yep. the same size. I yep. think it doesn't matter what your rank is. You get. I like that. Actually, I like it too. And it's very again, it's like the military. It's very orderly. Mm-hmm. Right there, that shit is in straight lines. Mm-hmm. Nobody's getting left behind over there, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, it is, and it was nice to go on Memorial Day and see all the flags. I'm not like a huge rah Picture, rah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was, it was, it was nice. To were see there people that. out there? There were. Nice. Yeah, I think, I think for Memorial Day, that's kind of a thing. Like people right. might go. Next, we'll meet Katie McCall, director of the San Francisco National Cemetery. Are there still burials happening at the National Cemetery? There are. Uh, not very many, but uh, we still have burials when, uh, primarily when uh, spouses pass away. Uh, they're being buried with the spouses already at the cemetery. Got it. In, in little family plots kind of thing. Um, we don't call them family plots, but yes, okay. in existing grave sites. That's correct. Got it. Okay. Well, Let's go back. Um, I want to hear, I'm, I'm guessing that you're an expert on these matters. Um, what is, how, how far back does this National Cemetery go? And if you want to talk about, you know, the Army's presence in the Presidio as sort of context or anything that you mm-hmm. want to bring in to the story, I'd love to hear that. Well, San Francisco National Cemetery was designated as a national cemetery in 1884. It was the first national cemetery on the West Coast. Uh, but its history predates that back to the 1850s, along with the U.S. Army's presence on the Presidio. So since the Presidio had been here, it had always been sort of a, a burial ground or how like how formal was it before the national designation? It was probably uh, a post uh, cemetery. Um, and I'm not sure what the history of that is. But when it was uh, designated as a national cemetery, then they encompassed part of that space and then enlarged it. I believe the initial size was nine acres. uh, And today its final size is 28 acres. Oh, wow. That's substantial. So, so, and that was in the late, you said 1884? 1884 is when it was designated a national cemetery. There are earlier burials from the 1850s. Okay, and those would have been primarily of U.S. Army officers and? Primarily uh, soldiers with U.S. Army, but uh, the history also encompasses civilians uh, from that time because this was the only cemetery on the base. And right. so it served a, a wider range uh, back then than, than the VA does today. The VA has regulations about who is eligible for burial in a national cemetery, but by virtue of, of uh, being the only cemetery uh, on the post uh, back in the 1800s, uh, they included others as well. What kind of civilians, what types of people 
people who worked on the post, uh, you know, just civilians that uh, that uh, served in in capacities on the post, uh, working along with the soldiers there. Okay. And then uh, this the cemetery also uh, in, includes burials from other post cemeteries. Uh, in the West, uh, California, Oregon, I think Nevada, Washington, when those army posts closed, they would uh, remove the remains, and many of them were relocated to San Francisco National Cemetery. Okay, that's interesting. And then my understanding is that the Army's presence, uh, the U.S. Army's presence at the Presidio sort of came to an end late 80s, early 90s of the 20th century, so about 100 years or so later. Um, Well, the VA actually took over uh, almost all of the cemeteries in 1973 by an act of Congress. And so uh, before the army even moved out, the cemetery itself, uh, as well as most other national cemeteries, um, switched over to uh, be under the jurisdiction of the Department of Veterans Affairs. Got it. Okay, that was going to be my question: is now that the now that the army isn't there anymore, mm-hmm. but it's because in between the Veterans Affairs, the VA took over. Right. Is that right? And that's right. Why can, that's why the vet, the VA continues to run. Exactly. It's just a little uh, VA island uh, within the national park itself that we continue to maintain. Right. Okay. Um, can you, and you said 20, is it 28 acres? 28 acres. Yes. Um, and can you tell us approximately how many people are buried or otherwise? There are, there are a little over uh, 26,000 grave sites and a little over 32,000 individuals uh, buried at the cemetery, primarily because uh, um, veteran and spouse may be buried together and even children. We have, you know, children who passed away and are buried with the uh, veteran and spouse. And then I've heard um, from some people who have who have attended. I guess I, I I'm gonna guess that there are some semi-public or fully public events like Memorial Day. I'm guessing maybe there's a veteran. Can you can you speak to any of those types of public events? I guess when this sure. podcast comes out, it'll be toward the end of October, so Veterans Day would be coming up. Yeah, we do not have a Veterans Day ceremony at that cemetery. Uh, We do have a Veterans Day ceremony at Golden Gate National Cemetery in San Bruno, which is where where I'm actually at. Um, All all of our staff is at uh, Golden Gate National Cemetery. Um, But uh, we have a Memorial Day ceremony every year, uh, except for the couple of COVID years, but uh, we have a large Memorial Day ceremony at San Francisco National Cemetery that is widely attended. And then in December, we have an event called Wreaths Across America, which is held in all VA National Cemeteries, as well as many other cemeteries, where uh, wreaths that are purchased and donated are uh, designated for any cemetery. And so uh, those wreaths that are donated for San Francisco, um, there is a particular Saturday when we get volunteers who come and help us place the wreaths on grave sites, as many as we have, uh, to commemorate and remember uh, the veterans at that time of year. Can you speak, and and maybe there's just nothing to it other than it's just um, sort of a designated style but anyone who's 
been to or driven past the San Francisco National Cemetery or the one that you're at down in San Bruno or Arlington, Virginia, or any of them, mm-hmm. there's a very specific um, headstone style. Um, can you tell us anything interesting about that other than... Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, the type of headstone is determined before a national cemetery is established or open. And so the one people are most used to seeing are the upright marble headstones. Uh, That's what they have. And I would say most of the national cemeteries, Uh, but some of the newer cemeteries also have granite upright headstones. And then there are cemeteries also with flat markers on the ground. Right. particularly for smaller cremation grave sites. And we have some of those at San Francisco National Cemetery as well. Okay. Uh, but those are, those are uh, types of headstones that are predetermined for each national cemetery. Oh, okay. So it's not necessarily up to whoever it is being buried. It's just, it's a. No, those are, yeah, those are, uh, the, yeah, those are predetermined. And so uh, for example, at San Francisco, uh, which is unique, but uh, most of the go- all of the government headstones are the upright marble headstones. San Francisco is unique uh, because of its history with the army, in that uh, it allowed private headstones to be installed, and so it makes it uh, a very unique appearance. In that they're not all uniform, you see many many different types of private monuments. That's no longer allowed today, but uh, that was something that was permitted under the army. Um, And there are a few smaller cemeteries, older cemeteries, I should say, uh, with that distinction. Maybe my last question, if I, unless I think of anything else, Mm -hmm. Um, any more sort of prominent individuals or names that we, anyone might recognize, either national history, army history, Mm -hmm. San Francisco history, I don't know. Well, just generally, there are 38 Medal of Honor recipients at San Francisco National Cemetery. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are also about 450 Buffalo soldiers buried at uh, San Francisco National Cemetery, and they have a a very uh, distinctive uh, history uh, for having served with the 9th and 10th Cavalry during the turn of the century, and they were the ones who uh, uh, patrolled much of uh, the middle of California, mm-hmm. all the way out to Yosemite and, and, uh, and farther up north as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of individuals, um, you really can't turn around in that cemetery without seeing somebody who has a prominent history. We, we don't even have a full list of, of the who's who, but of course, uh, Major Dana Chrissy, uh, who served with the army on the Presidio and was killed in, a, in an air crash. Uh, pers- uh, Chrissy Field is named for him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we've also got uh, Lieutenant John David Miley, who served uh, and uh, Fort Miley was named after him, which okay. uh, over the years has now become San Francisco VA Medic Center, although many veterans you talk to will still call it Miley. Fort Miley. Um, and then uh, uh, Pauline Cushman Fryer was a uh, civil a war era individual who served as a spy for the for the Union uh, forces, and uh, she uh, was buried at San Francisco National Cemetery. And her, her headstone reads Pauline C. Fryer, Union Spy. 
Well, do you know, was she stationed out here or why she ended up here? No, she, well, she moved uh, after the war and, and several years after she moved out toward this way, but she was, she was in the area where the Civil War was occur occurring, uh, of course, and so right. she was uh, recruited by uh, the Union Army to assist with gathering intelligence until uh, she was found out and uh, nearly hung, but for the intervention of the Union forces that, uh, that uh, liberated the town, she was, wow. she was in, in a timely fashion. Um, exactly. I don't know if you can get any luckier. Uh, we have Philip Burton, who's buried at the cemetery, who uh, was a U.S. congressman. Somebody, uh, some people may uh, remember his name, and he is credited with uh, helping to establish or create Golden Gate National Recreation Area. Uh, we have very uh, uh, appropriate. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we have Major General Robert Tryon Frederick, who uh, served during World War II and um, was the commanding officer of the first special service force. And uh, his, his outfit was called the Devil's Brigade. And there was subsequently a movie named, uh, named for that. Um, we do have, uh, now I can't remember his first name, but Funston, um, oh. who, for whom uh, Fort Funston was, was named. As a uh, dog lover, uh, mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, Hunter Liggett, who was an army officer who served in the army, and uh, Fort Hunter Liggett, uh, further down south, is named for him. So okay. many, many uh, individuals who are uh, prominent in primarily army history, but certainly not exclusively. Uh, and right. also we have uh, Sergeant William H. Tompkins, who was a Buffalo soldier and um, served during the Spanish-American War and received uh, a Medal of Honor hmm. for, uh, for his service during, during that war. For folks listening to this, is the National Cemetery in San Francisco, is it open to the public? Uh, can folks, you know, walk in, walk around? Where can, yes. where can they go f for more info also? The cemetery is open for visitors every day from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, it's small enough to walk and just take a look at the many headstones and just to uh, see the inscriptions on the headstones. Some of them are extremely brief from the very early history, and then some are, are uh, a little more informative uh, from later on. Mm -hmm. But uh, the uh, cemetery is definitely open to the public, and we welcome visitors. Um, more information is available through va.gov. Uh, the National Cemetery Administration has uh, a link, and every national cemetery has a page within that link telling more about that cemetery and then also notable burials and, and just general information as well. There's just uh, so much history and, you know, we'll, we'll never be able to capture it all. It's just right. incredible history. You know, when you go back to, uh, you know, like 1850s, um, there's no way to, to capture all that that we've lost already. It's really a, a shame, but the individuals uh, that we do know about, I mean, you know, their, their lives are amazing. That's it for part three. The final episode in this series will be all about the pet cemetery in the Presidio. Join us next Tuesday as we conclude this series.
Music for Storied San Francisco was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Michelle Kilfeather does original photography for us. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fifth season, we have more than 190 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're able to, please rate and review the show. And drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, weird, and healthy. And we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.